Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up? Ah, with a question mark, what up? And uh, welcome to another episode of the 209 till infinity podcast. As always, if you don't know by now, you better ask someone. It's your boy, DJ Billy A, and across the way from me is my man, 50 grand, with the plan, who knows how to jam, just doing what he can, and he's my friend, oh god damn. Tell him who you am, my friend. If you can't see, your boy Scotty B, represent 94, 93. Ooh, okay, that's right. The years we graduated, very nice. Mm-hmm. Nice touch there, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just put a timestamp on the episode and told everybody how old we were, but then I'm cool. Yeah. Other than that, everything is Everything's fine. fine. No, I'm not, a, I'm not upset. Not What's going on? It's your boy, Savage O'Malley, a.k.a. Big Skizzle, a.k.a. The Vanilla Gorilla, a.k.a. Mm. The Gotham Gorilla. What's going on? Wow, that's a new one. The Gotham Gorilla. Yeah. Vanilla Gorilla, I was just about to say, I have not heard in a while. That one's been under wraps for a minute. Gotham Gorilla, I've never heard. That's new. Is that a comic book you'd want lick? I would read The Gotham Gorilla. Yeah, that'd be like, I think that could be, it could either be a new hero in Gotham or could also be a new uh, villain in Batman's rogues gallery. The Gotham he, Gorilla. So let me tell you about The Gotham Gorilla. He's yeah. kind of Hulk. Okay. Kind of Kingpin. I like it. I like it. I'm in. Sold. Yeah. Where do I read it? Yeah. <laughs> you better get to writing, Savage. You got some work to do now. The Gotham Gorilla. He also highlights, or he also moonlights as a uh, underground rapper. So. Oh, shit. <laughs> now you know I'm really in. That's got everything. You put super superheroes and hip-hop into the same thing? Oh, sold, man. You just, that's my life. You just right. you just broke my life down, yeah. Savage. I'm about to cry right yeah. now. The Gotham Gorilla is a rapper. Yeah. He just wants... All he wants is to make and it. Every, and, every but, t- and every time he kills somebody... Yeah. ...that deserves it... Yeah. He, he very quietly... I was going to say because he's an underground rapper at one time he should have had a record deal and got fucked over by the label and they boot him off the label and they take all his money and then somehow leaving the record label he like falls into a thing of gorillas and is sprayed with like chemical nuclear waste something happens that gives him these gorilla powers but he still also has the power of insane bars like I would not yeah I'm on board man Savage you're onto something here dude Get DC on the horn. Margaret? Is it Margaret? Is that our receptionist name? Uh, I never remember. We give her a Sally. Sally, that's it. It's Sally. I believe it's Sally. Get DC on the horn. I got a genius idea here. It's a million dollar idea. Get him on the horn. AKA the Gotham Gorilla. The Gotham Gorilla. I love it, man. So what's up? AKA the Hip Hop Mandalorian. There's that's the one. That's the class. That's a class. That's a throwback. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're on season four, dude. Yes, sir. Uh, What's going on, my guy? How we doing? Doing well, man. I'm uh, I'm I'm tired. Um, 
Ty, Ty, Ty. My body weary. My body weary. Yeah, man. Him downstairs. Been working my ass off, you know, trying to make money in the real estate world. And at the same time, trying to, while I have an escrow that I think we've talked about, I have a home in Placerville that's listed. The escrow closed yesterday. Mm. But because these people are moving out of state, they needed extra time. So it was a 45-day escrow. So for that 45 days, I'm not making any money, right, until the escrow closes. So to uh, keep the cash flow coming in whilst waiting on the escrow to close, whilst, with an ST on the end, I don't even know if that's the proper use of that word. Whilst. I've been door dashing because it's a way that I can fit it around my schedule. When you door dash, you're kind of your own boss. You pick your own schedule. Um, and I found out you can make actually pretty damn good money doing it, even with these gas prices. Um, so yeah, man, I'll like literally door dash for like an hour and a half before work and then go in and, and do my real estate thing for four or five hours and then door dash from like one thirty, two o'clock until like eight at night. And I can make some pretty good money. But, uh, the flip side to that is, man, this is the first weekend I've had off in about three to four weeks. I've been either doing showings for clients on the weekends or door dashing or both. So I've been doing double duty all week long and then working the weekends. So this is my first weekend where I don't plan on door dashing and I don't have any showing scheduled. So I'm friggin' just beat down, dude, but grateful. I, I, you know, I start to get pissy cause I'm tired and I'm aggravated and I don't want to be doing this, but I think about how this wasn't an option like 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? Right. I would have had to go get like a regular nine to five somewhere that would have been, wouldn't have been flexible, that wouldn't have been willing to work around my real estate job. Like the thing about real estate is when somebody calls you and is like, hey, I want to see this property and I want to see it right now. If you tell them, no, I can't, I'm working, I'll be off at six or I'm off tomorrow. They're going to go find another real estate agent because they don't want to lose the opportunity to get this home. So the fact that I have the ability to do this, I try, you know, I'm trying to be the glasses half full guy or find that silver lining in the dark cloud as exhausted as I am and just worn out. And there are days I don't want to DoorDash. Uh, I, I try to say, Bill, remember you'd probably be working at a grocery store somewhere or, you know, working at, you know, at back at a restaurant waiting tables while you're waiting on this escrow to close. This is much better than doing anything like that. And I can pick and make my own schedule. And sometimes it's funny as hell. I sent you a picture mm -hmm. the other night. There's usually one order because not only do you do food, but you do grocery orders. There's always one order every night that takes the cake. And I always makes puts a smile on my face and makes the night worthwhile. And I sent you a picture. This one guy was like, it's a sh called a shop for me order. They give you the order. Right. You get this like a credit card from, from DoorDash. And you go in and you shop for the person, pay for it with the DoorDash credit card, and then deliver it. This order was a family-sized bag of double-stuffed Oreos and two gallons of milk. That was it. And that took the cake that night. I was like, you know, I snapped a picture and said it to you. Oh, I wonder what this guy has been doing, you know? You know, we talked about the weeds earlier. And I just, I envisioned in my mind that I was going to be driving this stuff out to uh, an apartment complex. And a dude with like dreadlocks and hella bloodshot red eyes that smelled like marijuana was going to come out and be like, oh, dude, thanks, bruh. I was dying for some Oreos and milk. That that oh, was, son, it. That was what I envisioned in my mind. Like, and then I pull up, and it's this beautiful home out in the woods, and it's a total dad who clearly probably had three or four. Maybe it was a sleepover or something like that, and he had kids in the house. Probably bought some of the milk for Oreos, and some of it was probably for cereal in the morning. He came out, and he's like, "Hey, man, I really appreciate you. Thanks so much for coming all the way out here. Have a great night." And I was like, "Ah." That's sweet and not at all funny. Yeah, and I, and I but I get some crazy orders, man. I think uh, another one that I don't think I sent you a picture of. One day it was a grocery order and it was just four bottles of vodka and Tide Pods. And I'm like, hmm, I feel like these people just don't want me to think they're an alcoholic. So they threw in the Tide Pods. Like if I just get vodka, this looks really bad. Cause I've had that where it's like a box of wine, a case of beer and a head of lettuce. Like, man, come on with that head of lettuce. You needed lettuce. <laughs> Don't give me that. <laughs> Wait, so you're telling me that people judge what they're delivering? I think I think they think I'm judging. 
So they feel like, I don't care if you want to order beer and wine and vodka, do it. I'll take it to your house. I'm getting paid. I don't give a damn. But I feel like they throw in like Tide Pods or lettuce or a bag of chips just because they think it looks better. I don't know. Maybe they yeah, really so needed the Yeah, so I had a delivery lettuce. order, yeah. right? Yeah. And I got uh, a shovel. Uh-huh. And uh, some rope Ooh. and some duct tape. Oh boy! And then I threw in a Kit Kat. Yeah, to make it look right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I haven't had that order yet, but if I do, I'm gonna call you, dude. I'm like, hey, Savage, this is the address I'm going to. Uh, if you don't hear from me in like 45 minutes, send the police. That's scary. I hadn't thought of that angle. <laughs> But mostly mine are like alcohol and Oreo related to funny stories I have not had. To, but sometimes I go, man, how bad did you need this head of lettuce and vodka? Like, really? Like, this is it. But man, you know what? I worked my ass off for the last few weeks and I was able to, you know, pay my share of the mortgage, all my bills, my child support. Uh, and I did it all off fucking door dashing. Like, uh, it was not easy, but I did it. And, uh, and my escrow closed. Uh, and I should be, you know, getting paid on that when I go back to work on Monday. So blessed. And I just try to keep reminding myself of that because I am freaking exhausted. And, uh, you know, thankfully here we are, man, I, I was able to get it done, but, um, yeah, man. So that, that's why I'm, I'm a little just, man, I was like shaking it off trying to drive in this morning. I'm like, yo, I'm so glad I don't have to work. The, uh, the, uh, two milk and double stuff Oreos. Yeah. Is a classic order. Yeah, it's yeah. That was the one, man. Yeah. I took a picture. I sent that to my coworkers. I'm like, "What's this dude been up to?" Like, speaking of classic, yes. You were gonna bring up some stuff about. Oh yeah, a few weeks back we did the episode where we asked. You missed my segue. Yeah, I did miss it. You're right because that was a classic order. I'm like, you're right, Savage. I was classic. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. So yeah, a few weeks back, man. Uh, we talked about what makes a classic album. And has there been any albums in the last 10 years? And we kind of dug in on that a little bit. And you kind of talk, and we, we, we broke into the state of music now with the two-minute songs uh, and the way people are quickly releasing music where you're getting a song every month and then they're throwing into an album and repeating. And uh, Locksmith went live because one of the people that's been doing that for his last couple albums is Locksmith. He went live on, uh, on his Instagram. And so I I immediately jump on and it's pretty cool, man, because Locksmith just recognizes us. And I know he's not this big, massive, famous rapper, but I have so much respect for the dude. The moment that I jumped onto his live, he did the the wave thing. You know how you can yeah. wave at someone? It's like, as soon as I jumped in, Locksmith waves at 209 till infinity. And I'm like, uh, yo, man, that, that's just cool as hell to me because I love Absolutely. the dude so much. And I, and I think he is aware of us, which is dope dope as hell that I think one of the greatest rappers alive is aware of who we are and what we do and I truly believe when he said he listened to the episode he probably listens to the one where we talked about him I don't know if he listens to every but he has said he's listened which is amazing anyway so I asked him the question I said hey man I've noticed that you're releasing multiple songs throughout the year and then putting them into an album is is that the new process is that the way you're going to do things he's like yeah you know I'm just trying everything he's like I don't think this is what I'm going to continue doing, but I'm trying it for now and seeing how it works. He's like, I think it's a good model for my mixtapes. Um, so it's just something I'm doing now. And then that got me to thinking like, so he's referring to the lock sessions, volume one and volume two, I think it was, or are we on volume three now? I forget. So his last, this is last two. So lock sessions, volume two and volume three, he's referring to his mixtapes and not albums. And I said, so what makes it a mixtape and not an album? And he said, well, songs are shorter and they generally a lot of times don't have a hook. And I was like, okay, so that explains a lot because you and I went in like, what's up with these two minute songs? A lot of times there's just a verse and no hook. So for Locksmith, he's cranking out these songs and considering these releases mixtapes and not full albums which uh, makes a lot of sense. Now, you can't say that for every artist that's doing this. Like, Chris Webby uses this model for all of his releases, and I'm pretty sure he considers them albums. But Chris Webby's not dropping, every song's not two minutes either. And Tech 9 drops EPs. So those are considered albums. But 
So for Locksmith, when we, you and I were like, what's up with the two minute songs, no choruses, like it's a verse and then another verse, and just you're, you're just getting into it and it's over, right? Right. Well, that's because for him, he's considering these mixtape releases and uh, and and that's his his clarity on what 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 the difference between a mixtape and an album for him is the songs are shorter and uh, they generally don't have choruses or hooks. Now, that's not true of every song on the lock sessions, but for a lot of them, that's the case. So I thought that was kind of interesting because you and I dug deep into that and were curious as to what the hell was going on. And at least for Locksmith, he's just like, yeah, I'm just trying this. I want to try different things and new things and and just see what works basically so i thought that was kind of interesting and then the other thing i was thinking you and i talked about what makes a classic but what you and i didn't dig in on is why why how come we don't think there has been any really you and i said named a couple albums we thought were classics in the last 10 years but we couldn't come up with a lot and i think this uh this this model that we have now where they're just hitting us over the head with music constantly and it never stops. It's tough. I think what makes great music, and, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, what makes great music is experience. We talked about it with Token, how it seemed like all Token talked about was getting on a plane and going to hotels and selling merch and and how badass of a rapper he was, right? Because he hadn't lived. He, he talked about flying. Yeah. Having a bunch of money that he didn't used to have. Right. Girls. And merch. Mer- merch, merch yeah. and taking out the trash for his mom. Yeah, yeah. And, and we Which equ- sounds like something a 16 or 18 or 21 right. year old kid would know. And we know. equated it. it to like give this guy a few years and to have lived a little. I haven't listened to his new album. I don't know if you have. Haven't. I haven't either. Uh, we equated that to being like he needs to live. He needs some life experience. Well, I think the problem with these guys just giving us song after song after song after song after song, never stopping to take a breath. They're not having time to experience anything, to soak things in, to, you know, when we were, here we go, the get off my lawn, the old man, get off my lawn thing. But when we, we might get a single or two and then they drop the full album and then they would tour on that album for two or three years. We wouldn't get new music from an artist for years. When we were in between two short albums or Snoop Dogg albums or Dr. Dre albums, there were massive gaps where we got zero music, right. let alone a song every month. But what happens is when somebody goes years, they come back and there could be a divorce, a death in the family, uh, something crazy happening in politics, uh, new love, new romance, you know, uh, weight loss, life-changing diseases, illnesses, whatever. They can experience some things so that when they give us an album in 99 and then we don't get another one until 2003 or 2004, there's a lot of shit that's happened there that they've had time to then craft and hone and think about and put together a phenomenal album. Now, they weren't all phenomenal, obviously, but I was thinking about that, that this new strategy, this new way that people release music where they're trying to stay on our top of mind and on our radar and not give themselves time to fall off because I think they're afraid if they go too long without music, people will forget about them, which I don't know if the music's good. I don't see that happening. I don't think it gives them time to actually look around and soak things in and then relate that and through through music, like just to live. I think you got to live. I've, in my entire life, probably only written 20-something full songs because there are times when I sit down and go, fuck, I, I just don't have anything to say right now, you know? So how do you make a song every month for a year and do that for the last five years? What do you say? Like you and I talked about Chris Webby. It feels like all Chris Webby talks about is, I've been here forever. I'm grinding harder than you. I'm a better rapper than you. I'm now at the top and I got a fan base and I'm going to hold it here. Occasionally, he'll give us a song about divorce. And you and I go, God damn, that was really good. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I, I liked that. Did you like that? Yes, I liked it too. But there's a lot of songs where we're like, eh, you know, whatever. It's standard Chris Webby just doing what he does. At first you think it's amazing, but then when you're hit over it, head over it with 70 more times, it starts to get a little tiresome. Webby's a beast, but I don't think he's given himself a chance to like really talk about like sit down and focus and craft an album rather than just trying to stay at the top of mind so something i thought about after i listened to the episode a few weeks back and 
I thought I think that's maybe a big part of the reason why we're not getting classics. Like, you know, after Thriller, Michael didn't give us another album for five or six years. Bad wasn't next week, or it wouldn't have been bad. Very, it would have just been bad. Very few people <laughs> in the history of the music that we enjoy yeah. have gone short amount of time between back to back to back releases. Yeah. And then been very successful. Ice right. Cube's one. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I kind of felt, unfortunately, like, you know, he emptied his tank. He, like, empty, he emptied the clip and didn't you know have what I anything mean? to reload with. Um, yeah. and, and, and DMX did it. DMX, DMX did back-to-back number one albums, Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My same Blood. Same year, right? Yes. And what was the one after? Flesh of My Flesh, Blood of My Blood. And what was the one before that? Stark and Hell is Hot. Yeah. Those were two number one albums back-to-back, same year, and, and they're phenomenal. Right. But then, you know, there was a slide after that like, right. where people were like, uh-oh, you know? like, and, and, I, and, I, and I think that now we're in this era, and I think that music has changed, but I think that it's, it's how we look at classics, how we look at music, how we look at artists and people, how they, what they do now. Mm. Like, we have to look at it different. If yeah. we look at it in the sense of how we used to, yeah. we're not going to like it. If we look at it from a 90s lens. Yeah, it, like, yeah. for example, let's take Yellow Wolf. Yeah. If you look at him through the 90s lens, right, it's, man, he did this, this, and this, and this, which I thought was really great. But then this, 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 and this are all trash. Right. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's this, it's like Locksmith. It's like Webby. It's like all these guys that are just like, I have to flood the market. Yeah. Right? So when you're flooding the market, there's it's like jokes. Not every joke's going to hit. No. Sometimes you make a great one. Sometimes you make a G.I. Jane joke. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So yeah. like where we went to as far as trying to adjust is with this locksmith and the webby we tried to not listen to all the weekly releases or whatever because right they were good songs and then like we just we were done with it yeah because we'd already listened to it all the time so then we kind of tried to adjust the new school to adapt as much as we could to our 90s lens right right our 90s 2000s lens to try to Embrace kind of what the new model is and still keep us happy because that's who we are. Right. And we're old, stubborn men. Yes, we are. 100%. Hey, when I was a kid, yeah, I'd go down to the warehouse. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the well. <laughs> I'd go down to the warehouse. <laughs> yes. Turn in two CDs that I just paid $15 for, get $6 credit. <laughs> yep. Or they did the... Give us five and we'll give you one. And I remember thinking that was insane. I gave the, I, man, I just got rid of five CDs I didn't want. And they gave me one brand new one that probably next week I'm not going to want either. But I remember thinking how amazing of a deal that is. I'm like, dude, Bill, you just gave them like a hundred dollars and they gave you 20. Yeah. Cause you know, we were paying anywhere from 12 to $18 for a CD. Yeah. But yeah, man, you're absolutely right. It's, when you look at it from our lens, and the one thing I will say that I think sets Locksmith apart, even though he has been hitting us over the head with constant music, the content for his, even though they might be two-minute songs and there may not be a hook, his content is not boring. I have yet to go like, oh, just another typical Locksmith song. Like, yeah, he's he's always going to talk about something that's relevant, whether it be his feelings or what's going on in politics or what's going on in the industry or love or just how badass of a rapper he is. But it's never like the same song retread over and over again. I, I don't think so. Since we since we've started this podcast, Locksmith has vaulted into my top ten rappers. I right. love Locksmith. I think yeah. he's great. He's fun in person. Yes, super cool dude. Good energy. Yeah. Um, great energy. Very nice. Cares about his fans. Uh, I hope that you know if he blows up like he deserves to be, he doesn't lose that. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the two things that I will say that that are uh, and these are these I'm doing I'm gonna do the Bill Adams nitpick is what I talked about before. I, I hate the short song. Yeah. I, under, I understand why he says he did it. What it yeah, is. Yeah. What is good. I get it. I just don't like it because I'm like, all right, I'm starting to feel it, and yeah. then I lose it. Uh, and then the other thing that is a nitpick for me is just his content is so good and so real. Mm-hmm. Sometimes he talks about stuff I just don't want to listen to. Right. Right. Like Too it, real. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't it's, like. It's close to home. I skip. It doesn't. This. So like this one doesn't hit the hit home to me. And I think the song is fantastic and it's just unbelievably written. But I pass right by Planned Parenthood. 
Got you. Got you know you, what got I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. I can say, like, I, I, I want to get away. I want to relax. I want to listen to music. I want to, right? Like, it's it's what's relevant or what, what, what hits home to you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, Fear. I love Fear. I love, uh, I, I, I forget the other track that I really love. It's called, uh, uh, hold on one sec. I really like Let Me Breathe off the new one. I'm really enjoying the new album because uh, you and I had both said let's My m- Own. My Own is amazing. My yeah. favorite. One of my- I'm really enjoying the Lock Sessions Volume 3 because I didn't, uh, and it was hard, it's very difficult in this day and age with the way they release music now, is I didn't listen and listen and listen. Like he'd release a track and I might listen to it once and then I would try to stay away from it. So a lot of the songs on this Lock Sessions Volume 3 are like new songs to me because I didn't... Uh, I didn't deep dive and listen over and over and over again. The only song on this that I listened to, so I listened to Survival when it came out. And that was like right at the beginning when I was like, all right, I need to stop listening because I'm going to hate the album. I'm not hate the album, but I'm not going to go back to it. You don't want to be tired of it. Yeah, yeah. The only other song in here that I listened to all the time was Out the Box, which was the Jaron Benton song. That's a great tune. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm a huge JB guy. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. uh, He he had the Out the Box freestyle challenge. And I, with that beat, I love that beat so much. That was one of the few out-the-box challenges where I actually wrote the lyrics to the beat. And I think it's one of the best of those freestyle challenges out of all of them. It's the best one I did. So anyway, I think to, to, to follow up on exactly what, or what you were uh, rehashing is that's probably why we don't get classics anymore because the models changed. Yeah. The world's changed. Yeah. How you consume, how people consume music for the most part has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's not going out and getting a CD and just constantly, you know. No. Songs drop, music, albums drop on Friday. We all get it at nine o'clock on our Spotify the, the night before. Right. Right. Yeah. And yeah so yeah. The, how we consume, how we, how we take it in, how we, uh, uh, you know, embrace everything is different than how it used to be. You know, twenty yeah. years ago when we were getting famous stars on the way to warehouse. Right. That's a huge. It's a whole other animal now, and it's just so different that. And it's not necessarily bad. No. You know, it's just different. It's different. I just wish, if I had my choice, I wish, especially for somebody like Locksmith, and and I'm happy to hear him say that he's just trying something new, and this isn't going to be something that he just does. Because I just love, and it's probably my 90s lens. No, not probably, it is. I just love just getting an album and diving in for that first time and clicking through the tracks and discovering it for the first time as a whole. You know, maybe you had a single or two, but I just miss that. And that's the beauty of not releasing eight out of the 13, 10 of the 13 tracks right. or whatever, right? So, yeah. So, and, and to follow up with where the episode started with, that's why I think Back on Death Row has the ability to potentially be a classic. Yeah, he just gave us that. There was yeah. no single, not even one, not a video, just little hints at the title was all we got. And uh, yeah, I, I really kind of miss that. I, Eminem hasn't given us a really solid project in a long time. But one of the things he does that I like is you don't even get, he stopped even giving us a track list. Like he used to announce a track list before an album came out. And people would shit on the album just for the track list, like before they even heard it. They're like, oh, this album's going to suck. Look who he's got featuring. So he don't even give you a date. He doesn't give you a track list. Just all of a sudden, I'll start seeing posts. M dropped a new one. Like, like you don't even know. Now, a lot of artists that aren't of his stature can't afford to do that. They've got to promote. they got to make sure people know because that's their livelihood and how they make their money. People like Snoop Dogg can get away, but Snoop had a had, was giving us hints, sprinkling us throughout until that album dropped. But uh, I love just being handed this a project. It's like a gift. Now you're gonna rip open that gift and tear into it and and enjoy it and discover it. Whereas this new model, where you get song after song after song, and then they throw it in. I think there was one new song on the Locksmith project that wasn't released. The song with uh, UBI from uh, from Strange Music. And that's become like my favorite song because it's the new one. And they made a video for it and, and it, it's called Legacy and it's a phenomenal song. It's incredible. 
Uh, but that's become my go-to track on the album just because it's the only one I hadn't heard. But I'm really enjoying this album a lot more than his previous because I just didn't allow myself to listen to it as much. But that sucks as a fan. You want to listen to everything they drop. So it's this bal weird balancing act to try to make it work. It's strange, but uh, I get why they do it. There's just so much out there now, much more than before. Like when we drove to the warehouse, you're going to buy somebody something from somebody you know and trust. Anybody you haven't heard of is going to sit there for 20 bucks. Well, now you're paying $15 a month and you got everything at your fingertips. So sure, why not try A, B, C, D, E, F, and G? And if they all suck, then go back to you know, J and K, you know, but, but you may not get back to J and K because what if A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, and I are phenomenal? You know what I mean? Like right. you, you got options now, whereas our 90s lens didn't have options. It was like, I like this song on the radio. I'm going to roll the dice because he's given me one good one and put my 20 bucks down. And then if I crap out, I'll turn around and they'll give me $2 for it and I'll gamble again. But you sure as hell ain't going to gamble on somebody you never heard of who you never heard a song from. Like just, oh, this cover looks kind of cool. Let's give it a shot. You know, like, no, you, we didn't do that shit. Like you, you didn't do that. You had to at least have some name recognition and a couple of songs under your belt to earn my $20 where nowadays... I could be like, oh, look at this dude right here. Um, he's from Detroit, and it looks like he's worked with this producer. Why not? I already paid my 15 bucks this month for Spotify. Let's check it out. And then if he's dope, I'm deep diving into his catalog. Well, while I'm deep diving, whatever Locksmith's dropped, I'm probably not paying attention to or whatever Webby's dropped or whatever Tech Nine's dropped. I may not be catching. Right. I'll go back later, hopefully. But this is a different market. It's way more competitive between social media and streaming. The biggest surprise for me is that learning that Snoop Dogg is, and I don't know what it means, he's going to turn Death Row into an NFT label. Do you know any idea what that means? No. I don't either. But well, he, he pulled the Chronic and Doggy Style and uh, the first, I think the first... Uh, Dog Pound album off of all streaming platforms. They're not streaming anywhere. You can't stream them. So, listen I, when it, when it when it comes to talking about music and yeah, hip hop, yeah, I can do this all day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. but we promised our listeners something last week. That, yeah, yeah, and we've got to get to it. And you're absolutely right. I could do this all day, and uh, and we would. Be putting off Moon Knight again until next and, week. Yeah, <laughs> and, and and I literally, you had just you had just said something that was about to spark me to say something, and I was yeah. like, all right, no, hold on. No, no, no. So if you've been tuning in for the Moon Knight, you're welcome because I just stopped another yeah, hip hop tangent. We were we were derailed, and he brought us he brought the train back on the tracks and into the station, baby. Choo choo. Call Savage. You got a new nickname, aka the Conductor. Hey there now. it is, baby. You just got the train back on the tracks and in the station, ladies and gentlemen. Give it up for the Conductor, real quick. Thank you. So Disney Plus has given us a gem, ladies and gentlemen. If you aren't watching it, you need to be watching it. Uh, it's a little show, Marvel and Disney Plus, called Moon Knight, starring Oscar Isaac. Um, I think it's phenomenal. I think the best Disney Plus shows start with a WTF moment. Like, what the fuck's happening here? What's going on? This is weird. So, as of now, WandaVision and Loki are my two favorite Disney plus shows. And they all started with that. What the hell is happening here? Moon Knight is no different. They're slowly letting you in and giving you glimpses of what this is all about. And you're learning as each episode unveils a little bit more, but it, it's so the first episode is like, what the hell is this? It's amazing. But what the fuck's going on? And I loved every moment of it. I think the writing is great. The plot is great. Oscar Isaac is key killing it he's incredible playing the multiple split personalities um i am thoroughly enjoying this and cannot wait for episode three i'm almost sorry to hear it's only six episodes because it's so damn good i i'm it's a little bit darker which i think you're probably appreciating um but i'm really enjoying it what do you think man uh i thought it's it, it's uh so 
just to quote exactly what I told you after I watched the first episode, yeah, and you hadn't watched it yet, right? And I said, you hadn't watched it. I said, I'm gonna give you a spo- I'm gonna give you my review, but it's not gonna spoil anything, right? I don't know what I just watched, but I liked it. Yeah, yeah, and that's how I yeah. felt after the first episode because, yeah. and and I think it's a little unfair to say like like. For example, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. We knew what we were walking into. Absolutely. So they didn't yeah. have the opportunity to have that, right? No. In yeah. WandaVision, we did know what we were walking into. That's why they went totally off the board with this what the fuck is going on. I love that. You know, so I so so so, so they so they didn't yeah. they didn't put them in a universe where we already knew what was going on, right. which is what they did with Falcon and Winter right. Soldier. Yeah, yeah. So and in and, and with Moon Knight, totally different because you and I, we talked about this. We literally don't know anything about the character Zero. or anything. So we're like blind yes. going into this. So I, we watched, I watched the first episode and I said the same thing to you you and OU Nasty. I don't know what I just watched, but I liked it. That's yeah. the best way I can describe yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's perfect. Yeah. And, 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 and the end of this first episode was a great cliffhanger because mm-hmm. right at the end you saw Moon Knight. Right. You didn't right? get Moon Knight to and, the and, and it was And it was confusing because you weren't really sure... What was going on with right. everything, you know? But you never were like, all right, that's the genius of the script. It like grabs you and dra- drags you into this world and you're on pins and needles feeling for this guy and, and watching him the whole time. Just you, you feel bad for him, but you want to know what the fuck's going on and how's he going to get out of this? But you're never once going, all right, where's Moon Knight? Like, this is a show called Moon Knight, and it's been 40 minutes, and I haven't seen Moon Knight. I never once thought that. I was so drawn into this world and sucked into this world and on the ride with this guy. You're, like, on a ride with him. Right. You're finding things out the same way he is. And it's it's just genius. And Oscar Isaacs is playing this meek British uh, shop person. Like, he works at the gift shop, the gift shoppery. <laughs> And he's so uh, mild-mannered and sweet and uh, unassuming and non-threatening. But then when he is the alter ego, the guy who becomes Moon Knight, who's American. Mark Spector. Mark Spector, right. And what's his name is when he's the British gift shop, museum gift shop worker. I can't remember his, his name. His name's Steve. Yeah, you're right. It's Steve something. But the brilliance of the performance is there's a scene, right? I think it's in, is it the second episode where he watches the gift, he watches the security cameras in the gift shop. Yeah, so at the end of the first episode is when the... He becomes Moon Knight He becomes Moon Knight. He has a being, fight in a bathroom. He's being chased through the museum. Yeah. And then at the second episode, he goes back to the museum. There's like... The aftermath of what had happened. Yeah. He goes and talks to this security guard guy that always calls him by the wrong name. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his his character, Steven, is so unassuming and just so mousy and and and, and it, it, forgettable, basically. Like, he's one of those kind of guys. Like, Is that you, Scotty? It's Steven. But yeah, yes. Yeah. And so they're watching the security camera. and when Steven he, Grant. Steven Grant. When Mark Spector comes out of the bathroom, he doesn't say anything. But he walks out, and the way Oscar Isaac plays it, he's carrying himself differently. The way he walks, his mannerisms, just his movement, and he glances up and looks into the camera, and Stephen Grant says, that's not me. And the, the genius of Oscar's performance is just all he did was walk out of a bathroom. But he was a completely different person. Even though he looked exactly the same, was dressed exactly the same way as Stephen Grant, the way he carried himself and the way he walked out of that bathroom and looked directly into that security camera, you knew that was a different person. And that is a sign of a genius actor. Because he's not British in real life. He's one. Of, this is one of the few times where an American guy is doing a Brit... Usually it's British guys doing American accents. This is one of the few flips where you get an American guy doing a British accent. I think his British accent is spot on. There's never been one time where I was like, oh, man, that's a little off. Like, And uh, the way he carries himself as Stephen Grant versus how he carries himself as Mark Spector. Well, what is a... Uh, two totally different people. When uh, And believable. A, you know, in high school, when uh, 
you'd have to there's like a book or something and then there's like the the cheating like short book of it what they used to call cliff that? notes here's the cliff notes or the or the blurb about moon night all right cool stephen grant discovers he has a dissociative identity disorder and shares a body with mercenary mark specter as enemies converge upon them they must navigate their complex identities while thrust into a deadly mystery amongst powerful gods of egypt right yeah so the vibe I got, they haven't given us the full story on Mark Spector, but what I got from it was that Mark Spector at some point on a mission was like left for dead. And the gods then found him and saved him by allowing to inhabit Stephen Grant's body and use it to do the will of the gods. And at some points while he's using the body, he can then summon the Moon Knight suit when he needs to be extraordinary or super powerful to get out of situations. Uh, but I didn't get the feeling that, cause at first I was like a little confused. I'm like, so is Steven Grant not real or is Mark Spector not real? One of them has to actually be the real person who owns this body. And I think it's Steven Grant. Cause at one point they said, Oh, the idiot's back. Why did you, at one point, um, What's the actor's name who's playing the leader of the cult, like the villainous? Uh, he was in Training Day. Ethan Hawke. At one point, Ethan Hawke says, did they choose you because you're weak or you're easily manipulated? So I got the feeling that Spectre has been given a second chance by being put into this guy's body and being able to utilize it. That's the vibe I got. They haven't given that whole story yet. Not at least in the first two episodes, but... Yeah, Oscar Isaacs is killing it in the role. And uh, you just feel so bad for Stephen Grant because all he wants to do is be rid of this and not have to deal with this anymore. But he's kind of been thrust in. Normally when he sleeps is when all these things happen and then he wakes up and it's like days have gone by and he thinks he's just sleepwalking or something like that, you know? He's got, you see at the beginning of the episode, he's tied him, see, when he goes to bed at night, he shackles his feet to the bed and ties himself up and he puts sand around the bed to to see if he's left foot footprints if he's actually getting out and walking around and i thought that was kind of cool the show like you know he's really struggling with this and having a hard time it's fucked his life up basically he doesn't have a girlfriend he doesn't spend a lot of time with his family um he doesn't have any friends like it's really screwed him and uh you just your heart bleeds for the guy. At least I did anyway. So do let me ask you this. Yeah. Do you want a little background on the character? Yeah, I know nothing about it. Okay. I'm, I'm learning the same way you are just per episode. So I had read this because I was kind of doing a little research and I, I found the one that I read. So just because I wanted a little more background to understand after what I was watching episode two. So, uh, uh, Mark Spector was a uh, was a was in the CIA, right? Was it was in the Marines, right? Um, soldier for hire, that kind of thing. So uh, Spector took a job uh, with the uh, with the, a, a girl, and uh, as well as and an archaeologist named Peter Alterain to find an Egyptian pharaoh's tomb. Spectre could stomach no more. Uh, he got the, a girl to safety at the tomb and then challenged Bushman, who wo mortally wounded him in the desert. Spectre managed to reach the tomb before he collapsed, and Marlene and the crew laid him beneath the, I the idol of Khonshu. His spirit had an encounter with Khonshu, who promised to save his life in exchange for his service. Spectre agreed. Although he later considered this encounter a hallucination, restored to life, he punished Bushman's men while Bushman himself escaped. Mm. So in the comics, that's how he basically, they talked Kanchu. about made a deal with Kanchu. Yeah, because Kanchu is, and the interesting thing that I love about this show is there's really no clear good guy or bad guy in this. Like, uh, obviously, Stephen Grant is a nice guy. I think Ethan Hawke's a bad guy. Yeah, Ethan Hawke is a bad guy, but he feels, again, the best Marvel villains and we've said this many times, the best Marvel villains have the best intentions, at least in the TV shows and movies. They think they're doing the right thing, but they're going about it in all the wrong reasons. So Ethan Hawke's character is reading people's 
minds essentially and and knowing that eventually they may do something bad and killing them before they do it and by doing that he thinks he's helping the world right he he takes them by the hand and he can read that they may be a good person now but they're going to do something and he's punishing them for what he's going to do whereas Kanchu is like no you can't do that you wait till they do it then you kill them <laughs> you know so like they both have they both think they're doing the right thing but they're going about it for all the wrong reasons so specter isn't necessary by working for Kanchu isn't working for the good guys he's just working for another egyptian god who thinks his way is better was ethan hawk is working for an egyptian god who thinks that his way is the right way to do things and specter is kind of stuck in the middle because at one point you know Kanchu told him like hey if you're not my servant if you don't do it, I'm going to go after your girl, the girl who's his wife, who he's trying to protect from that by divorcing her and having her disappear and not have a connection with her anymore. But Stephen messes that up. She comes back into the picture. And now Kanchu is telling him, look, if you don't do it, I'll make her do it. And so Kanchu isn't a good person, but neither is the God that Ethan Hawke's character is serving. Um, so what's going to happen in the six episodes is hopefully somehow Spectre is going to find a way to defeat all these guys. Well, Steven and Mark Spectre have to figure out a way to stop both sides and free themselves from this curse. And I'm on board, man. I, I can't wait to see how this pans out, how it opens up, what happens to learn more about these characters and where they've been and what they've been doing. I'm, I love this show. I highly recommend. Well, and it, and it, and it's going to make, the end of Eternals, that much more interesting, because remember, that's Moon Knight in the park. No, that was the Black Knight. That's not him? No, it's not Moon Knight. It's the Black Knight in the park. Oh. Yeah, it's a different a different character that they're uh, revealing in, in uh, at the end of Moon Knight. He's the Black Knight. He has a sword that he uses to... That's right. Yeah, yeah, to fight with. And that was Blade's voice Blade, saying, yeah. sure you want to do that when he's going for the sword because his girl just got kidnapped and taken out into space. Yeah, that's the Black Knight. So and eventually we're going to get the Black Knight. I don't know if it's a TV show or if it's going to be in more movies. But yeah, eventually we're going to get that. But this Moon Knight is an all new... That's the thing, too, I like about Moon Knight is that we've... He didn't get talked about or pop up anywhere in the Marvel Universe. It's like we're getting a totally new thing because up until now... Every Marvel TV show has dealt with characters we already we knew Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we knew Wanda and Vision, we knew Loki, right? We we knew all uh, we knew what uh, uh, what was the other one? The Christmas one. I can't think of Hawkeye. That. Hawkeye. We knew all these characters. We were familiar already going into the shows. There still was some WTF moments, but we were familiar with the characters. This is the first Disney Plus show for Marvel. Or it's like an all they're under they're giving us a brand new character like that we knew nothing about, uh, and I think the Miss Marvel will be the next uh, you know that's in the Captain Marvel universe, so we'll be a little familiar. But that's supposed to be coming up down the pipe next for Marvel. But anyway, do you want some macaroni and cheesecake, Bishop? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I love this show for so many reasons. Just that I loved going in knowing nothing and uh, having my eyes opened episode by episode and just we're learning as Steven's learning and it's just fascinating and uh, I'm a hundred percent on board. I'm in, I'm enjoying every moment of it and I can't wait till next Wednesday, man. Can't wait. Let's go. So I don't know if you caught this because you didn't know what I just read you, but when the two people that took Steven in the car that were posing as cops, right. When they were like looking him up on the computer, right. They said, uh, Mark Spector was a part of a mercenary team that murdered archaeologists examining an Egyptian dig site. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it mirrors the character's origins of where Spectator himself was indeed a mercenary. That's right. So that's still... The question is, though, is that Steven's body or is that Spector's body? Is that what Spector looked like? It says Khonshu intervened, saved him, and transformed Spector to be his avatar. Ah, okay. So he's... So it is Steven's body then that he's been placed into, right? Is that right? I don't know that answer. I don't either. And I can't wait to find but out. But like Ethan Hawke apparently said he used to be an avatar. I don't know if yeah, that's yeah. accurate or he's just using... Yeah, the and like I said, when Ethan Hawke was talking to 
Stephen. He goes, why do you think they picked you? Is it because you're weak? Because you're weak in the mind or easily susceptible to, you know, like not, he was very insulting in, a, in, a, in an Ethan Hawke way. Ethan Hawke's doing great. That's the other thing. This cast is phenomenal. Like I like Ethan Hawke's killing it. Oscar Isaac is killing it. I don't know the young lady's name who is playing like the co-agent and playing uh, Spectre's wife, but she's really good. She's believable in it. Um, yeah, I'm just all the way around really enjoying this show and fully on board. So uh, you didn't, we wouldn't know this unless you were a hardcore Moon Knight guy yeah, yeah. or gal. Right. Uh, so when this episode two, I think it's called Summon the Suit. Yes. When he summons the suit and all of a sudden... He's not in the Moon Knight outfit. He's right. in a white suit. Yeah. Well, apparently that has to do with a special thing in the comics called Mr. Knight. Yeah. After decades of wearing his well-known hood and cape, Moon Knight decided to wear a suit to change things up as part of a secret Avengers team, which was led by Commander Steve Rogers. Right. And I've heard that suit is he's almost more like a mob boss when he wears that. He's like an enforcer, like that that suit wasn't supposed to be like a I'm British and I'm proper. It was supposed to have like a almost like a mafia feel to it. That's what someone I have a coworker at my office who's a big comic book actually reads the comic books, not just watches the mm -hmm. movies. And he said that 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 was almost like a mob boss suit, like not supposed to be like a proper like British suit, but because Stephen is British, they had it become what he would choose because he's British and he wanted to be proper with it. But in the comics, it's more of like a mafia thing. Like he's got like stitches going across the mask or something like it's a little bit different. But yeah, I thought that that was a cool little touch that they let Steven summon the suit. And he was so happy when he got one good punch in. At one point, he punches the dude and he's like so ecstatic and excited for doing it. And then he gets his ass whooped and finally lets Spectre take over. But yeah, man, I, I love the show. I, I'm I can't wait. Everybody should be watching it. Do you know about the QR codes? No. What's the QR codes? So in the move in the show, there's there there's like there's one on the wall in the museum. Mm. Uh, in the second episode, when he takes him into like the mini storage and mm. he takes him to where his door is, it says like number forty three or whatever. Right. There's a QR code next to it. Yeah, yeah. If you scan the QR codes on your phone, uh -huh. it gives you free Moon Knight comics. Oh wow. Sweet. How come they're not blasting that out more and letting people know about it? I hadn't heard anything about that. That's well, crazy. It's real subtle stuff. And it reminds yeah. me, I don't know if you knew this, but, uh, oh, so before we get out of here, I'll say the last thing Yeah. after we close up Moon Knight. Overall, I like Moon Knight. I'm really enjoying it. I don't know what's coming. No. And it's well done. Yeah. Uh, the actor who's doing playing Moon Knight, Stephen. Oster Isaac. Oster Isaac is just doing a great job of playing basically kind of like a schizophrenic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, I'm I really enjoying it. And uh, I'm, I'm excited to see where these next four episodes go. Oh, me too, man. I'm so sorry it's only six because I have a feeling I'm not going to want it to end like the, at the rate. Well, we're going there's now. a reason it's six. Yeah. They've been doing that. Like the last couple of uh, the last one was six too. WandaVision was supposed to be six, but they wanted to make a splash for Disney Plus because Disney Plus was getting murdered because yeah. they didn't have any content. Right. That's right. Also, the other reason that it's six um, is it was specifically started supposed to start that date is that this will end at the end of April mm -hmm. and then May sixth. Doctor Strange comes out. That's right. Yes. Oh, man, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's like Christmas, man. I got so something to live we for. Got, Let's we got, go. We got, we got weeks of Marvel. Yes. And leading up to the... Doctor Strange. Crescendo. Multiverse of Madness. I can't wait. Uh, so if you haven't watched Moon Knight Disney+, Plus, check it out. If you have watched Moon Knight, let us know what you think. Please. Are you digging it? What's cracking? What do you feel? Do you think it's trash? It's all right. You, people are wrong. Yeah. Those wrong all the time. <laughs> I am. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Uh... Let us know what you think. Drop a comment on uh, one of the socials. Hit me or Bill up. Mm -hmm. Or like some of you've done, just start a group chat with both of us. Yes, please. Come uh, on, just do the group chat thing. Yeah, if you got our numbers, hit us up. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Slide in the DMs. And here, Ash, I'll give you Savage's number right now. It's yeah. 209. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> 209? You're just giving it away. How would they know it was 209? <laughs> Infinity. Eh, you know, a little detective work on my part. Yeah. What can you do? Uh, so, 
the last thing I was going to tell you was, you know, the Joker scene I sent you with the YouTube. Yeah. That, that, yeah. You that, and I were talking yeah, about we it. I was about... like, Hey, I'm surprised that they're letting this leak and didn't save it for the deleted scenes in the DVD or the Blu-ray. DVD. I'm yeah. aging myself. Actually, Blu-ray's outdated. 4K. Surprised they didn't save it for the laser disc. Yeah. How come it's not on the VHS where you fast forward to the end and catch it later? Like, yeah, no, yeah, there's a deleted scene where he goes to the jail to talk to the Joker to try to get help to catch the Riddler. Very uh very um Silence of the Lambs-esque, where she goes to talk to Hannibal Lecter to figure out how to catch the serial killer. It had a very strong moment of that. But yeah, it's it's Batman talking to the Joker, man. It's a pretty intense scene. Fun to watch. I enjoyed it. So, uh, and, and I don't know if you heard about, do you know how it got it got released? No, I thought I thought it was actually released by the filmmakers themselves. Like It was. Yeah. But you talked about the um the disappointing end clip. At the end of the movie, the sub. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. At the end of the Batman, right? Yes. Yeah. So what happened was, the that you you go to the website, right? Right. And then, I don't know if it was daily or weekly. There was a little bit more each time you went on there. Oh. And then people way smarter than us figured it out, and once they figured it out and did whatever they needed to do, it released the clip on YouTube. Oh, okay. So it was like totally interactive. Okay. So that's why it didn't get released. Gotcha. They, somebody would have to figure it out. Oh, okay. So somebody much smarter than us figured much it out. Much smarter than us. And got released. Because we went and looked at it once and I was like, what the fuck is this? All right, bye. Never I went didn't, back. All I heard was a, it sounded like a, the end, the end clip is just sounded like a dial up. And then it was a question mark and it said goodbye. And I was like, "What the fuck was that?" And I just walked away. Like, so like a week, a, a week later, yeah, you go to the, you click on the website or whatever that is. Yeah, and I admit, that, totally missed the you website. Go, you go, it, there yeah. was more released on the screen. Oh, okay. So then there was like clues. Oh, they they made it more every time the movie was in the theaters. So the website you would go to. Oh, okay, got you, got update. you. Update. Ah, because okay. you you could you could go to the. The website thing. Okay, right? that they flashed up on the screen. Yeah. See, I totally missed the yeah, website. Yeah, so you go to the website thing, okay. and then it would take you to a web page. And then when there was a web page, it was very little. Then it was a little more, a little more, a little more. And then, like I said, people much smarter than us figured some shit out. And then once that was figured Strung out. Strung it all together and it put it out It there. unlocked or yeah, something, yeah. the clip, and that's when it got dropped. Okay, yeah, it was a cool clip. I'm kind of glad they left it out because it was all the comments I saw were very Silence of the Lambs. Like, and I'm like, yeah, it did have that vibe. Like, And I don't like, sometimes I feel like these movies feel like they have to do too much. Like, all right, so we had Catwoman and we had the Riddler. You gonna throw Joker into the mix too? Like, even though he never, I don't know if he calls himself the Joker ever, but... I'm glad. I'm glad. It was cool to see it as a deleted scene, but I'm glad they saved something for the next movie because it, at the end, you get the Riddler and the Joker talking, but you never see the guy's face. And he never says he's the Joker, but at the end of the movie, they pretty much are leaning into that's who it is. But I was glad that after watching the scene that it wasn't part of the movie because I think it would would have been too much. You're, you were already at, a, at like an almost three-hour movie, so I think, I'm, I'm, I think it was worth deleting that scene it was smart it was cool but I, it was fun to watch after the fact but i don't think it was necessary for the movie it worked I yeah. like, I, and, and then it, the whole interactive thing i thought that was kind of cool that's a cool idea i like the way i like the fact that they did that and left it as something extra and it reminded me too of the moon knight thing where like oh like at some point some like obviously somebody had the wherewithal to put the qr codes and have to do that shit yeah yeah but somebody had to be like i wonder what happens if i scan those yeah. Oh shit! Free Moon Knight comic. Yeah, right. that's pretty cool. Cool interactive things. Man. Yeah, so, absolutely. Uh, so uh, again, Moon Knight Disney Plus. Check it out. Let us know what you think. Yes. Uh, let us know what you think about any of the latest episodes. Yes, please. Uh, I also didn't say this last episode, but if you have a way to fix the homeless thing in California, please let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll forward it on to the appropriate, yeah, yeah. appropriate people. We'll sh we'll shoot it down the right channels. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, Gavin Newsom does text Bill, so... Yeah, I do get messages on occasions from Newsom, so I'll, I'll let him know. No problem. We'll yeah. figure it out, man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so next time we talk, 
We're gonna be almost at the end of Moon Knight, and uh, that's right. And, and, and Doctor Strange around the corner, mm-hmm. around the corner stove. Sebo. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I can't. Luda. <laughs> Let's go. You ready for me to get us on up out of here? Nope. Nope. What no. do you got? I was gonna just tell you something. You reminded me. You were like dating ourselves. We're talking about aging. Yeah. And you just made a reference. Oh, when we're talking about the laser disc and shit. Yeah. Uh, yes, literally yesterday at work, someone was saying that uh, they're like about to pick up a side job because uh-huh. I guess school districts are like really in trouble and like short on teachers and subs and all this stuff. Oh shit! And I guess they're paying like four fifty a day. Damn. All right. And they were like, "I'll take a sick day." Yeah. <laughs> Go substitute for a day. Yeah. I can roll out a TV and show the kids a movie all day. Yeah. And I was like, I don't think they roll out TVs anymore, dude. Yeah, like, that's not a not. thing, dude. Probably not. You're going to break out your overhead projector and your yeah. dry erase pen? Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, When's the last time you were in school? <laughs> yeah, it's been There's a minute. flat screens everywhere. Yeah. That was the joke in the late... You didn't see the newest Ghostbusters movie, did you? I did not. The joke is that... Uh, um, uh, Paul Rudd's character is a summer school teacher, but he's a really bad summer school teacher. And uh, he's not teaching the kids anything. Basically, he's just treating it like a free ride. And he rolls the TV out with the VCR. And it goes, I'm going to show you a classic today. And he puts Cujo on. And he's like, enjoy, kids. And he goes in the back and does whatever the hell he wants to do. He's supposed to be teaching science, and he is a smart guy. But it's summer school, and he's just like, whatever the fuck. And he rolls the TV out with the fucking VCR puts Cujo on for that's the awesome watch. yeah it was, dude you gotta watch that movie that's I, a really good movie uh, I'll get to it in 10 months yeah speaking of 10 months before <laughs> we get out of here one months? last thing I uh, uh, we said when we talked about Free Guy yeah. somebody's gonna be like you idiots where you been the last 10 months right yeah and, and that's what the mad cyclone texted me yesterday yeah did he see it in the theater? I don't know if he saw it in the theater, but he but he streamed it when it came on like Apple wait Plus 10 or months whatever. like we did. He paid the $15 to watch it. Yeah. Don't know. It's a good movie, man. I'm so glad I did watch it. And uh, yeah, I guess you're saying so in 10 months, whenever it's streamable on uh, Well, you can just say that to me when I watch Ghostbusters on yeah. HBO Max. In, uh, Is it in coming October? on HBO Max? I don't know. I'm I don't just saying wherever it streams. That was a good movie. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it when you do finally see it. All right, man. Yeah. Now I'm ready. All right. In the immortal words of my man, George Clinton, anything good is nasty, but it ain't good unless you play with it. So go out there and have some fun, my people. And until the next time, we will see you in the 209. Fuck you, San Diego. (laughs) Peace.